Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't even choreographed. <laughs> Hashtag predictable. Oh, we're... Yeah, look at us. I love it when you get your attitude. It's my favorite. <laughs> Let's use it. Hashtag sarcasm. <laughs> Marcasm. Marcasm. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Outpost Podcast. I'm Lacey, sitting in the comfy side of the couch, and today I am joined by... Derek. Marky Mark. Tom. Oh, I love it when you do it so fast. You've got the right rhythm introducing yourself. I'm proud of you all. We've been practicing while you're not here. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting in the corner practicing For saying like your names. For like three and a half hours, mm-hmm. that's what we did. We said our name. I can tell. I'm impressed. Important, Thank you. Important development on this podcast, though. We are not located next to the bathrooms. No. Are you happy? We are in a whole new, well, new part of the office. Actually, yeah, this is all new. Now we're 10 feet from the bathrooms. Right. Listen, 10 feet makes a big difference. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> okay, so as we're getting started today, I want to start with some community questions. Tom, community questions. stop wiggling in the corner. I was just doing the thing that Mark wiggling. was doing. Okay, well, you are on the couch next to me, so your wiggling's affecting me. That's fair. So stop. Okay. Okay, pull out the mailbag. Let's do some community questions. Stop! (laughs) I feel like the joy is gone and like quadrupled at the same time. (laughs) Who's his math teacher? How can it be? Where's his master? You're in like a room of liberal arts majors. You talk about math here? That's true. Hey, Derek. Yeah. If you could have an extra body part, what would it be? (laughs) I want to know. Come on. Um, <laughs> good God. Go with antenna. I'm going to say antenna. I don't have that body part to replicate, yeah. though. I have to have it. So you have to replicate. Well, he said it's, it's an extra. extra. Like extra. a superfluous oh. thing you already have. <laughs> now, like the, now the word's out. I've got an antenna. Okay, so Mark wants an antenna. <laughs> and one is not enough. <laughs> Is this really that hard, Derek? I'm just trying to think, like, do I need more body parts? I feel like this is going to get in the way. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, that's almost I would... certainly true. <laughs> I mean, maybe I want, like, a, a, another liver, kidney. Um, oh. Why? Oh, there's internal organs, too, that you could consider. I want another eye. I would take another eyeball. Where would you put the eyeball? Third yeah. eye. Oh, boy. Probably in the back. I think I'd like an eyeball in the back of my head. Because I would like to be uh, able... It's a classic mom mom answer. Why? Because moms are always like, I have an eye in the back of my head. That's what moms sound <laughs> like. Look at his mom voice. That's Sorry, mom. Because like. I know you listen to this podcast. Moms are all from deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about you, Tom? Are you having an extra body uh, part? I just had an answer for this. I mean, Derek's got me thinking all seriously now. I was like, I'll take a second heart. Yeah, you could know. use that. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. Second. It's hard. Another arm, I guess, would probably be the most consistently useful thing. That's true. That's a good point. You could do a lot of things with an extra arm. (laughs) I have lost control. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Derek. Derek's gone. Oh. 
how about you? How about you, Lacey? I already said it. They're high. Oh, Mark. Oh, antenna. Okay, I'm back on track here. I'm back on track. New question quickly. What is the best time to wake up in the morning? Eleven. Five twenty. Five twenty is what I do. I wake up at four. I don't know that that's the best time. I feel like like seven thirty, eight o'clock is a great time to wake up. I think you're right. If we're talking about what the best time, yeah. seven thirty, eight o'clock it's is documented. Very, it feels five twenty. It's documented by who? By me. I think the best time is whenever eight hours is over. Mm, that's pretty good. Eight's Agreed. too many. It's sleep cycle driven. Mine has to be like seven point one five. Well, sure. According okay. to my sleep share app, or my whatever. So it is. Seven, sleep seven share. Hours. That's not what I meant sleep to say. Share. It's not. <laughs> As soon as a full night's sleep has passed. I want, you know, there's all these competitive exercise apps. Give me a competitive sleep app. (gasps) Dominate. I slept for 48 hours straight. (laughs) You're crushing it. Your (laughs) turn. I don't know if everybody knows this about me, but I am a, like, I do spikes and plateaus in my energy, okay? Wait, spikes and valleys. Is that right? Peaks and valleys. Thank you. Um, I got peaks. I got plateaus. I got (laughs) got valleys. I will, I can do like three days where I'm sleeping like four hours and then I will do a fourth day where I sleep 14, you Mm. know? I call those hard resets. mm, See? Beautiful. The other day I got up at eight went to the bathroom, went back to sleep until noon, went to the bathroom, went back to sleep until 3 p.m. Dang. Did you fall asleep that evening or were you up all night? I think it was like 10 o'clock at night that I went to sleep. Hmm. Yeah. I just never sleep enough and then put a lot of effort into figuring out what's wrong with me. (laughs) Really, it's just that. The most important thing you're doing wrong. (laughs) He literally can't think clearly enough to figure out that that's the problem, though. Remember you read a whole book about sleep? Like, instead of sleeping, you read a whole book. That's a good book, though. And I followed all the advice in that book for a solid week or so. <laughs> and then it really sunk in. <laughs> yeah, but then I went into panic mode about all the things that need to get done and that I'm excited about doing, and I just started buzzing. We'll sleep when we're dead. Yeah, I need to change that. Come on, people. Yeah, sleep's important. Get some sleep. We should do an internal team goal of getting eight hours of sleep. Seven. Okay, Mark. 7.15 being technical. Yes, for, you know, two weeks straight. And everybody gets a bonus if we get a proper amount of sleep. What do you think? So what I hear you saying is you want to get more money for less work. Precisely. No, no, Isn't no. that the goal no. all the time? <laughs> more money for better work because we're rested. And it's very team building. I think we all agree with that, but our actions will not follow oh, suit. Wow. <laughs> I agree to those terms. Okay, what else we got? Uh, that's it. What He's about? Like, eh, I want to do the cheese one. one. Not a good one. <laughs> the cheese. Oh, there's a cheese one. Hold Which on. Cheese is best. Let me open this. Let me Ooh, see what we got. I, I want to do the, the cheese. cheese question. There's some gifts. Hold on. <laughs> Everyone name a cheese until nobody can name any more cheeses. Oh, I like this. Havarti. Gouda. Cheddar. Blue. Pepper Jack. Jack. Swiss. <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, so that's cheese. how far we got. Colby Jack. Shmodabop. What did you just say? Shmodabop. That's not a thing. Do you, are you sure? Do not step to Derek on this. I okay. am sure. Brie. That's not a cheese. Loser. Brie is a cheese. No, my schmoodaboop. I'll jump back in when I come up with something. Limburger. Schmoodaboop. <laughs> Are you serious? No. I'm never serious. White cheddar. Um. Tom, 
You're failing at this. The cheese question has died. I, this is going to get cut. I mean, I don't eat cheese. This is going to get cut, he says. <laughs> so he doesn't know what cheese is anymore. String cheese. I mean... String cheese. <laughs> okay. Mozzarella. Nacho cheese. Say cheese. Say cheese. <laughs> Moon Ma- cheese. Mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Velveeta. Fondue. Just kidding. Velveeta is not cheese. <sighs> I just wanted to talk about all the cheeses. We're done. Okay. Baby Bell. All right. Is that all, all you right. want to talk about yeah. in the mailbag? Fine. Yeah. Thank you for entertaining me with the cheese question. Transition, 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 transition. Transition. Best yet. That was good. That was really good. Uh, do you see my smile? It makes me so happy. I hear your smile, <laughs> but I'm not looking away from Derek because I'm so, so pleased with him. Okay, so main topic of today is consumer entitlement and consumer responsibility. I would like to start with some definitions of these things. So Perfect. let's start with a definition of consumer entitlement. Entitlement basically is us saying that we are owed something, right? And so... Consumer entitlement is almost like if you are buying something as a customer that you're owed perhaps something more than just what you've purchased. I think it goes even further than that, though. It's not just that like you have bought something and now you are owed something. It's that as a consumer, you exist and therefore you are owed something mm. before you've even bought it. Just by your being, mm-hmm. you are owed something. Without okay. consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I want to dive in. Okay. Because I think as a culture, my years are stacking now. And so things are a little different than when I was a kid. And that's true of all of us. But when I was a kid, it was in the 70s, right? So what I've seen, and I think what a lot of people have seen, is as our culture has sped up due to technology and the internet and connectivity and social media is we have a lot more limited time to make decisions and we are able to immediately change what we surround ourselves with. We have complete control over what we let in through our quote unquote feed. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. The thing that I think we all owe ourselves is to do a little self audit on what entitlement, what the concept is, what what we should be entitled to, and what is not reasonable, and, and how we can maybe contrast that with what our responsibility is, right? Because I, I think that they should be connected. At least there is a connection there. I don't know exactly what that is. And I think it's maybe, you know, there's it's interpretive, like people have different feelings about it. But entitlement, the way that I think we're talking about it is feeling like you're owed something without having done anything to earn it. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. I am entitled to, you know, respect. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean? I'm entitled to a response to my question on any given platform within whatever time I want and think is reasonable. Right. You're owed that. Mm -hmm. Right. By whose authority are you owed that? Mm -hmm. Right. The conversation in my head has a lot to do with how we view our own sense of personal responsibility. This is just interesting because I think it permeates gaming and I think it permeates geek culture and obviously our culture at large, but 
going into a fast food restaurant, right? There are people who finish and they just leave their trash everywhere, you know, all over the table on, they drop a fork, a napkin on the floor, somebody else's job to pick that up. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And then there's people who clear their table. They take it all over. They put it in the trash. They put the tray on top. Right. And they feel like they've done their responsibility. Well, which one's right? Which one's wrong? Or is, is one of them right? Is one of them wrong? Or are they just interpretations? Okay. Right? So that's why the conversation is entitlement and responsibility. Because as we spoke about it a little bit more at the beginning and we're preparing, you know, I was speaking just about consumer entitlement and you made it very clear you wanted us to be communicating about responsibility as well in tandem. Well, yeah, I, I guess for me personally, and everybody else can chime in, this is just an open discussion and I don't necessarily think I'm right about anything. But if you're going to claim some type of a right or feel like you're entitled to something, maybe we should consider why that is. I think there are some things that just by being a human you're entitled to, like not being disrespected or, you know, but being a consumer, for example, doesn't necessarily entitle you I mean, where's the line, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that entitle you to? And what doesn't it entitle you to? I also think when you introduce money into it, the whole idea of entitlement changes. Mm. If I'm giving you money, therefore I am entitled to more. And sometimes maybe there's a miscommunication in what that expectation is. Mm -hmm. And it's different from, I mean, if we're talking about companies, it's different from company to company. Some companies, you know, like Amazon offer two-day shipping and people have all of a sudden thought that by paying shipping or paying a fee or something like that. They're entitled to quick shipping when in fact that Amazon can do that because they make plenty of money. And because that, it's such a large quantity, yeah, the volume they, is so they large. They have their own dang airline. Mm -hmm. They're able to do that, but not everybody can do that. And some people lose sight of that. That's interesting because that's actually, I think, changed the expectation now culturally that why should shipping take more than two days? Yeah. Right? Because the big player has done that now. You know, now it's does, almost an expectation. Does Orange mm -hmm. Nebula have this obligation to make sure that everybody gets their package in 48 business hours? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's not really feasible for us. We don't own a worldwide logistical network. Right. What do I feel entitled to versus what do I feel responsible for? Like if you part with your hard earned dollars, that's the definition of ent I'm entitled to what the transaction. Yes. Is, you know, and I think it's deeper than that. I think, you know, you look at maybe this is a tangent, maybe it's not, but you look at like Yelp reviews, right? Like here's a restaurant, you know, oh, the food was great, but I couldn't find parking one star, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I use that example a lot. I think that that is a very self-entitled response and it, it really does a disservice to maybe the hardworking people of that establishment who spent their entire career and their family savings and worked hard forever to build this thing and because it was so busy, because they give such great service and product, to have somebody slam their reputation because they felt that they were owed a parking space, you know, that's the type of entitlement that I think permeates a lot of our culture. The goal is not to shine a light on anybody else. The goal is to like maybe self-reflect, right? Like, what am I guilty of? Like, how can I you, take a little more You feel entitled to the every open lane in the highway. It's my road. We're not talking about that. We don't talk about those you things. You said self-reflection. Oh, wait, that's not self. Lacey, that was... Lacey just holding up a mirror. That was, yeah. Entitlement really does boil down to making 
all experiences as a consumer, like you're talking about a company with hundreds or thousands of, or millions of customers, but all you care about is you mm-hmm. and whatever, maybe that's sometimes our right to an extent, but where this gets interesting to me is just thinking about my own way of going through life and reflecting on how I behave. Mm-hmm. And I think with consumer entitlement, as with all things, like if you're online talking about your experience with something, or you're venting about something on a forum, or you're in the Kickstarter comments, throwing a fit about some petty thing, instead of having a conversation or accepting the answer that the company gave, mm-hmm. I think really what it comes down to is this, like so many things are, you were telling yourself something about yourself in how you're perceiving and vocalizing your experience that you're having. Amen. You know, and what is it that you're expecting from the world? And what does that say about yourself? And why do you care about that so much? And why is that such a focus for you? Why are you so upset? Why do you feel like you deserve that? What are you telling yourself or what are you subconsciously valuing so much that you're feeling the way that you do and you want to get on there and vent? I mean, I used to think that there was nothing wrong with hopping online and venting about something or quote unquote holding a company accountable or Mm -hmm. demanding a higher standard. Mm -hmm. And it all just felt like I was bettering the world. I was protecting other consumers. I was challenging companies to be better. I was improving the marketplace. But what I have found as I've grown and been a part of different types of businesses that really what I was doing was signaling to myself that I am this upper echelon of person who thinks in this specific way and has high standards and like has high expectations. It's my responsibility and, to lift the standards. Yeah, and I was what I was doing was lifting myself up in my own sight. Like and, who, it didn't even matter that other people, you know, were affected or hearing it. I was just posturing for me. And how much do we go through life just posturing for ourselves? And how empty is that? And how could we be thinking about everything we do differently? Yeah. It seems to me that people who display these entitlement type actions are not very happy. Would you agree with that? Just happy people in general. Well, I just mean like every time that you are feeling entitled to something. Oh, yeah. Do you, you know, it's like the antithesis of satisfaction, you know, being satisfied and fulfilled with what you have when Mm -hmm. you're feeling entitled to more than what you have. It doesn't seem like that's a a way of being that really brings joy. So how did we get this way? How did, how did this entitlement culture come if it doesn't bring joy, if it doesn't bring, you know, some sort of happiness? I mean, for me, all the times when I feel entitled to something, I can very quickly ascertain that there's a self-focus. I'm not thinking about the greater good. It's, what about me? I think there's a sliver of that that's healthy, okay? Like, we need to survive. We need to take care of ourselves. However, I also think that's very dangerous. And I think we get into routines and habits that are not healthy when you go through life and you can't look beyond yourself even if you're right you know sometimes being right all the time has the worst detrimental effect on you and other people than you could possibly imagine i think i've seen a a quote you can be right or you can be happy right (laughs) you know (laughs) you're right (laughs) i'm happy 
why do we care so much about being right? It's a it's a two edged sword because yeah, you. I think what bothers people the most about other people is the thing that bothers them about themselves, right? Mm. Like you like you reflect. Like I say, I hate it when Lacey does that. Well, that's probably because I hate that part of me when I do it, mm-hmm. right? You that's, see that's it reflected the way, in someone yeah, else. Yeah, that's the way that I'm kind of dealing with it. The thing that concerns me the most about the culture that we're in, we've become just closed off and numb to how entitled maybe we truly are or have fallen into patterns that are very self-focused. And I don't think it's true of everyone. I think there's a tremendous amount of people out there who are just genuinely, I think most people in fact are like want to go beyond that. They, they're trying and they strive and they think that, you know, their values really are about the greater good and about helping people and doing the right things. And everybody kind of wants to be a good person, right? Whatever that means. But I think in action, when you look at a lot of our culture, especially just permeating the social space, everybody wants to be right and they have zero tolerance for anything outside of what's their thing. Well, that brings us back to the question that Tom had there. Why do we care so much about being right? What is it about human psychology that makes us want to be right so bad affirmation right i mean validation validation affirmation self-worth right it ties those things i think all integrate i think 95 percent of social media can be summed up as self-validating that's just all it is Mm -hmm. when i was a kid I did not play with toys. What did I do? I sat in front of a mirror and recited TV and movie dialogue to myself. That checks out. Um, yeah. What <laughs> do I? This. What do I do now as a career? I hold a phone in front of my face and see my own reflection doing live streams and <laughs> listen to my own voice on pod. I like have. I don't think I've changed much at all <laughs> from my youth. It's just that constant reflection that I think most people are seeking this reflection and this validation of who they are, what they are, confirmation, you know, social media as an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. A question I have is, is this entitlement culture that we're talking about, is it a new thing? I don't know entitlement culture. I don't know what that means. I think the culture that we're in is more entitled than it has been in years past. What about you? I don't know how to measure that though. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I think that's that's, what I'm wondering. I think that's really hard to judge. I think there's definitely that perception. Maybe that's true. And I'm not, as a younger person, just going to say that it's it's not. But I think there's also we have more vocal range. I and I I think it's perfectly possible that everyone has always been selfish and Mm -hmm. they just couldn't tell their 700 friends about it (laughs) and they couldn't get on yelp and vent and go crazy they just told their neighbors Mm -hmm. you know and so i think people used to complain to their neighbors in the 70s and now they complain on the internet and we say that entitlement has suddenly gotten out of control i think it might have been exactly the same people since the beginning of time we just have different avenues of communication now i think that's partially true i think there's also been a trend towards more we are also very comfortable and wealthy and none of us have fought in a war and like our perspective is different. So I would buy 
that there's a little bit of both. Well, and we're just inundated with a culture where we get immediacy and convenience instantly. And so that's become the bar. Instant like the, immediacy. It's like that um, yeah. comedy show we watched that was like, yeah. Amazon now, you know, I want you to find out what I want before I want it. I want you to break into my apartment. I want you to put it in my mouth, unwrap it for me before I even have to order it. Amazon now. Yeah. <laughs> what, two hours? You have to wait two hours? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like how, how fast? I, I do think that as soon as we get something, we want the next thing, right? That's kind of our nature. It's like we're over it. The challenge is over. The quest is complete. The next thing now. Mm -hmm. Like, and I just don't think there's time to celebrate or cherish or, you know, enjoy as much as I want more. It's the same, same with money, right? People get raises. They immediately go buy a bigger house or a car. There's different ways that we can approach this. Is this a United States issue? Is it a global issue? Because I hear lots of people who visit from other countries who say, you know, the number of sour cream options that you have is insane compared to what we have in Italy, you know? So is it a little bit more of a national problem because we have such access to so many different types of things that we just expect this constant choice? Even though we have not earned it, it's just been there. I don't know. That's a hard one to answer. I mean, there's a lot of countries that have a lot of choice, a lot of countries that don't. As someone who receives frustrated customer service emails from hundreds of thousands of people a month, it's pretty evenly split. That's what I was kind of wondering is um, from experience. Is it... Now, that said, I mean, I'm definitely not going to stand here and claim that the United States doesn't have a comfort issue. But <laughs> yeah, my instinct with no data is that we are probably one of, if not the worst at it. And that's a tough, you know, to raise your hand and say, I'm part of the worst, you know, self-entitled culture in the world, you know, that, but it feels true. I'm I, pretty comfortable raising and saying we're part one of the worst, pretty much whatever things. <laughs> yeah. And also the best. And I don't want to, you know, let, uh, you know, the whole point of this topic is not to talk about you know what's wrong with us it's it's much more you know discussing the balance of why do we feel entitled where does that come from and maybe just asking that question can help right like maybe well, just and, being more aware and how can we change our own experience by being aware of that yeah like entitlement is a filter through which we're experiencing life and if every time you receive a product, you are just combing through it to find the negative things for you to rant and explode and vent about and take people to task for instead of just enjoying this thing that you now have or this experience that you just had. Like if the goal is to have the best possible experience as opposed to find all the bad things in this experience, you're going to have the experience that you set yourself up to have. Exactly. And... It, it just, we are way too primed to m create for ourselves the worst possible experiences and then be dissatisfied. And I mean, when you really think about it that way, that's really stupid. 
Yeah. I read the reviews on an Amazon item that I, if it's something I haven't purchased before, I don't really know what I'm buying. I'll go read the star reviews. I can't. <laughs> what I can't, am I buying? I can't imagine. I literally can't remember the last time I read a one star review that was not exaggerated. Right. Like, is it really one star? <laughs> Almost every time it's there was one little unmet expectation and it made that person so mad that that thing wasn't exactly what they wanted that they're like, this product is trash. The worst customer service I've ever had in my life. Right. And that person probably wrote the same thing about another company the last week. Right. Well, the truth is the thing was probably fine. They didn't have the best experience on this call. But it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with actually the merit of the product, right? For them actually rating it. And I think that what they felt entitled to, which is based on their expectation. And I say they, I'll just say we. Mm-hmm. That's a really good self-reflection there. Drove that, you know? I mean, I, I don't find myself doing that. I don't give one-star reviews. I have heard myself from time to time talk about a negative experience. I'd be like, they're terrible. They're the worst, you know? And the truth is they're probably not terrible and they're probably not the worst, but I had a really negative experience because I had an expectation that wasn't met. And that to me is kind of the core. I'm starting to scratch the surface of what bothers me. I won't even go off about shopping carts in the parking lot. Oh, side note on that though. Bring it. There is a YouTube channel called Cart Narcs. Yes. Oh yeah, I've seen it. And it's just this guy that goes around oh, and he God's work. He right. atta- not not attacks, he he approaches violently. He, violently. <laughs> I'm going to watch did this. not put their cart back and it's Oh, that's amazing. It's really I mean that that taps into the entitlement too that because I have shopped here, I am entitled to leave my cart wherever I want to put it when in fact Literally, the cart corral is two spots away from you, and now I'm going to find this beautiful spot up front. I'm going to be so excited until there's a cart in there. But now somebody am, left it. Am I entitled to that parking spot? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Dang. A little in-the-moment self-reflection. But anyway, yeah, you're not entitled to just be able to leave your cart anywhere. Anyway, sorry. wanted to... Yeah, or leaving trash in, on in the cart. You leave your Starbucks cup in the thing with your coupon book and your napkin... And just leave it for somebody else to dig out of there. You know, that to me feels like entitlement. I, I'm not saying I'm better than people who do that because I'm not. But gosh, what if we all just kind of self-reflected a little bit more and took a little bit more responsibility and modeled that for each other and it kind of just caught on and like how much happier would we be as a culture? Let's talk about the responsibility side of it then. So from a consumer responsibility standpoint, how can we use our own responsibility to limit our sense of entitlement? I'm just going to start with an observation. My whole life, I have perceived that the public consensus is the customer is always right. The customer gets everything that they want because they're the ones spending the money. And I disagree with that. That is my personal view is that is not enough for you to just get whatever you want from them just because mm-hmm. you're a customer. I think that is a false premise. And I think that that is a lazy premise. Even in the industry, I've looked into big, long social engaged messages and posts and fights about how people who spend their hard earned money deserve perfection when they get their thing. And if there's anything wrong ever, the company should go to all these lengths and basically 
they'd go out of business if they did this, but just like make everything perfect all the time. And the truth is that expectation is impossible. The expectation of perfection is impossible for anybody to come up with. And I think a little bit of empathy would be good. Like imagine yourself on the other side. I mean, this is all stuff we were taught when we were kids. I, I hope it's very, very difficult for people to look beyond their expectation of what they want past to how can I empathize with the person? Maybe if they made a mistake, maybe if, you know, maybe if I can just be understanding like, oh, oh you guys biffed it, you know, that's cool. So empathy is part of that responsibility I'm hearing. I think so. Like, like a lot of times if there's a problem with your, with your order, let's just say you order something, you have to return it. Okay. That takes your time. You have to go to UPS or you have to go to the mail, you know, there's an effort there that feels like I shouldn't have to do this. Should have been right the first time. Well, where did that expectation come from? Does everything have to be right the first time? Like, do you do everything right the first time? Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. What percentage of the time do you make mistakes? And, and I'll just put my arm in the air. You know, like I say these types of things myself. I'm like, why do I have to do this? I'm too busy. I have stuff to do. And now I have to go down to the post office or I have to, you know, whatever it might be. I think that's detrimental. There are more things to touch on here, but I think what you were just saying, identifying just the phrase, the customer is always right, is a great starting point. Mm -hmm. Like, ask yourself whether or not you actually think that's truth. Don't think about yourself. Think about the customer in general. Just when I said the customer, what did you picture in your head? And now ask yourself, is that person right? <laughs> because... Mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to kind of ask ourselves and identify, if we're talking about consumers, what is the responsibility of a company when you're engaged with them and something doesn't go exactly right? Like, are companies actually responsible for making absolutely every single solitary product and experience 100% perfect? Are they obligated to do as much as they reasonably can? Are they obligated to get everything about 80 or 90% right? And that should be enough for us. Like maybe we should all lower our bar just a little bit and accept anything that clears that bar and see how much that makes our life better and stop having absolute perfection being the only option or fire. Like, yeah. What changes that perception is being on the other side of it. Amen right? to that. When you're performing customer service and dealing with irate, like I would hate to be the person at the airport who has to deal with all the people who had their luggage lost. That's a terrible job. And I'm sorry for anyone who has that job. That reminds me of the experience we had when we went to Gen Con. Remember that? Yeah, that happened to us. And we had a terrible experience. It was a terrible experience. And but at no point in time were we ever mean or lose sight that the that there is a person that's mm -hmm. trying to deal with us who had two Oh, our lost bags are outside of their control. And that's why I always have extra underpants on me. <laughs> and I did not. Y'all were hurting. Not a good time. I was fine. <laughs> but, He's got a little but, fanny pack full of well, underwear. Okay. <laughs> Even that experience, like that experience especially, was extremely frustrating. But at the same time, like you got to zoom out a little bit and understand that you know, even though the planes are right next to each other. And to get the luggage from one plane to the other plane should not have been that hard. I'm only seeing a very small portion of it. That bag has to go off the plane 
into the luggage sorter. It gets get moved around a bunch of times. I'm sure that's a super complicated. Yeah, super, super complicated. Yeah, it's a complicated. It's a super complicated process involving underpaid, overworked, mm-hmm. tired people, like every other process on earth. Here's another thing that I'm hearing. So I'm hearing empathy is something that can help move people out of the sense of entitlement. I'm also hearing the idea of like preparation, you know, like you saying I had extra underwear on me. Okay. So from the same consumer perspective, understanding, okay, I'm going to give ample time for this to arrive, you know. And more than that, just mindset, like instead of just letting everything ruin your life and being pissed off about it, like choose for your life not to be ruined by things and just have a nice life. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the point. Screwing around with your own life by having a bad attitude. Right. I'm waking up now. Yeah. What you don't <laughs> what you don't know is the dangerous part, right? So like maybe the person who was supposed to be moving that luggage just got a note that their wife was in the hospital and they had to leave everything hanging. And the next person came in and had no idea where everything was because the person was gone. And now it's like, I'm doing my best. I just put it in where I thought it was supposed to go. And then that luggage got lost, right? And that's a reasonable thing and we have we will never know what horrible things people deal with that result in problems that actually cost us our convenience oh no right yeah it's like the out what was the outcome of that were we harmed no did we not have a roof no right they did we steal had, they did steal tom's, tom's trail tom's I trail mix got stolen i was real heated about that <laughs> You were actually that was the angriest thing I've ever seen you. <laughs> yeah, not only did the luggage get lost, but they they stole Tom's high end, super fancy trail mix that and he brought so that he could have healthy snacks while he was traveling. Uh-huh. Yeah, they searched our bags, and when we opened up the bags that had been searched, some of his stuff was gone. It's just the trail mix. Though. If you're trying to like pull me out of my like positivity, my super chill, positive. <laughs> You make your own life good attitude. This is the way to do it. (laughs) Steal my food. Well, and see, this is the interesting thing, because I think in that instance, Tom is entitled to go back to the company and say, hey, this was wrong. I'm entitled to some type of compensation for this because it goes beyond somebody made a mistake. I'm going to give him some grace Mm -hmm. into no, somebody didn't just make a mistake. Somebody made a bad choice and you need to follow up. I think that's the responsibility right part, right? But that's am not I the... entitled to be a complete jerk about it? Right. No. no. What is your consumer responsibility in that instance? Being a kind person about it, I would say. Right. Empathetic. Mm-hmm. You can set a boundary without having to be rude. Mm-hmm. And and at the end of the day, it's just trail mix. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Good trail mix, but it's just trail look mix. at his face right He's now. Did you see I know his that's lip a tough snarl? pill to like swallow, it wasn't, Tom. It wasn't just trail mix. He named each piece. (laughs) 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 One thought that I have that I know it's just like me to bring it to this kind of place, but anytime that I've ever wanted to make a change in my own behavior, it starts with how I talk to myself. So starting to think about if I make a mistake, what does my inner dialogue sound like? Am I like, Lacey, you idiot. I can't believe you would do that, you know? Or am I like, oh, well, that was a mistake because anything that we do outwardly 
exactly like Tom said from the beginning, is really a reflection of what's happening on the inside. And so if we can be auditing our own thoughts about how we are holding ourselves accountable for the actions that we take, how entitled we are to our own perfection, that change is the one that we can control and that can have a pretty big positive reflection on our actions as well, I think. Yeah, they talk about that a lot in, so I'm watching the fifth season of Queer Eye. They go into that a lot, talking about, you know, how you talk to yourself and how that reflects on other people in your life and your actions in your daily life and how it's extremely important to not beat yourself up in order to actually, you know, be able to love somebody. You have to love yourself first. Because that's how you practice how you communicate with others is, is that inner dialogue, mm-hmm. that you are the only one in complete control of that inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. No wonder I'm so nice to everyone. <laughs> Very nice to myself. Do you do you talk nice to yourself in your head? I'm not aware of any internal dialogue with myself. Are you serious? Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure it's there, but I don't know. I think this starts getting into that whole like how do you process thoughts thing yes. that was such a big deal six months ago. Yeah, like the, I don't hear a voice. That is so weird. Or to see me. shapes or whatever people see. Like I don't know. It all goes too fast for me. There's just yeah it's everybody's a little different there and i think I have that's an cool. internal voice me too i talk to myself all of the time mm-hmm. which is weird that i do people have, don't do that i do have like written word in my head Ooh. Like, like i will find when i'm taking a shower or whatever i will write like the first three paragraphs about something usually something that i'm upset about honestly like but i will sit and do you there and see it in your handwriting I see, in your head i see the words or, or i guess i do hear them in my own voice and see them like on a sc- screen in my head or something i don't know but i can visualize them mm-hmm. and hear them and forget them the second i step out of the shower mm-hmm. like instantaneously it's terrible i need a waterproof computer <laughs> <laughs> why do i work with all these idiots <laughs> Is that one of them? Good thing he forgets. That's that. not what it's I hear. Super I'm just saying. eloquent, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's three right. Paragraphs to whom long. it doth concern. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> I would say that for me, I do hear myself say, you idiot, more than I give mm-hmm. myself praise, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't be like, oh, you're so brilliant. I don't, that's not the voice I hear. The voice I hear is, you fool, you know? <laughs> like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. And then. There's this self-expectation of, I don't know if it's perfection or really high level of, you know, expectation of myself. It's like, well, I do something right. It's like, well, yeah, you, that's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Don't don't celebrate that. That's just the bar, mm-hmm. right? And then when you screw up, it's like, oh, you idiot, right? And I'm saying I, that's not healthy. That's, mm-hmm. you know, and if we reflected a little bit more, gave ourselves a little bit more grace, Maybe we would do the same for other people. You see, that's exactly the seed of the point that I wanted to make is grace. I think the cure, I've got the answer. (laughs) The cure to all of this entitlement is giving yourself more grace, in my opinion. (laughs) You set the standard of your relationship with yourself, and that is what projects outward. And so if we could all collectively learn to give ourselves a little bit more grace then i think that would translate into us having more empathetic relationships very definitely and I'll, I'll tie it up by saying i think it's our responsibility to do that i don't think it's gosh wouldn't it be nice my opinion is that it is our responsibility to do that we need to be healthy for us and we need to be healthy for other people and we are really not effective 
with others if we are not healthy. So yeah, I mean, these are lessons I'm learning late, but yeah, that's definitely one of them. Don't call yourself an idiot anymore. I don't think that's going to change. Yes, it is. As soon as you do it, (laughs) set a trigger in your brain. As soon as you hear yourself say the word idiot to yourself, go, oh. I'm going to say Isn't idiot. And I'm gonna be like, no, I'm not an idiot. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing this. <laughs> Stupid. Uh. All right. I think we should wrap it up. You all happy with that? You have any more discussion you want to make on it? Any final conclusatory points? It's such a deep dive. I mean, I didn't expect quite to go. I feel like I'm, I'm surfacing. I'm never happy. <laughs> Stop. Oh, no, I'm going to give you a little grace. Thank you. As <laughs> opposed Me too. to Lacey. I'm going to myself some too. Whatever, I've got enough grace for myself for all of you. So <laughs> let it let it ooze. <laughs> Oozing grace. Yes, grace ooze is some of the best. It's grace like bomb. watermelon flavored. And... There's somebody named Grace is listening to this and going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> They're talking about I my ooze. <laughs> okay, great. Well, if you loved this content and you want to hear more from us, there's lots of places you can find us. Derek, where can you find more Orange Nebula? Facebook. Yeah, you can. At Orange Nebula on all social channels. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Tom, where else? We do an awful lot through our mailing list. If you're not on there, you are definitely missing a big chunk of the Orange Nebula party. And free stuff, potentially. subscribe to that YouTube channel that's currently doing nothing. You'll be glad you did. We might be sitting amidst multiple sets. Right now, at this moment. That we've so far done nothing with. A huge barrage of videos is coming. But here they are. So orangenebula.com is your hub if you want to sign up for that mailing list. You can find us on all the social channels, in our Facebook groups. The Outpost community is where we just hang out all the time and, and, you know, build some more personal relationships. There was a post about butts this morning, so that's There was. It was art. Art butts. I'll get some photos of my Grace Ooze and Adam in there here pretty soon. All right. Thank you so much for coming by. We're really grateful to have your time today and hanging out with us, just having this deep dive discussion. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been a while since we've done one of these. I feel a little out of practice, but I'm going to give myself some grace. That's right. We'll do better. All right. Thank you so much. We will talk to you soon. Be kind to one another. True that. And yourself. Bye. ASMR brought oh, to you by so weird. Orange Nebula. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Just whatever you had, keep it in. <laughs> it was going to start with lather up. Why? Because <laughs> so many good things do. <laughs> <laughs>